The thing all successful dieters have in common, meaning people who have lost weight and kept it off, is that they all have some form of self-monitoring. They all have some form of keeping themselves accountable to themselves to what they say they want, right? Which is the maintained weight loss. So setting some boundaries for yourself. You're going to have to have some form of cognitive restraint, whether that's getting a drink and then having a seltzer water with lime in between or a diet soda um, in between, or whether it's you go out to dinner with your family and you don't order an appetizer. Mm -hmm. You restrain yourself. Now, restraint is different than restriction. Hey there, welcome to Tater Talks. Two bitches talk fitness. I'm Brooke. And hello, I'm Iris. On this show, we challenge the common understanding of what it means and what it takes to be fit and healthy. We explore all things fitness, nutrition, mindset, and mental health without the fluff and BS. So grab a coffee, get ready to laugh, cry, even learn a thing or two. Let's get into it. I did have to tell you, I got an iris sticker. I literally thought of you when I saw this (laughs) Uh and I had to get it. And that's why I'm using this cup and not a regular coffee mug is because I put it on this cup and it is amazing. And I don't know why I thought of you because it has nothing to do with potatoes, but I felt like it was fitting. So when life hands you lemons, right? Mm -hmm. Buck lemons and bail. (laughs) I don't know why I thought of you. I love it though. But I'm like, Iris would love this. I do And so I had to get it. And then I got a new sticker and it's a bacon maple bar. Ooh, because it's my favorite donut. Love that. I but love. I want to get this tattooed eventually. Something similar. It oh, says, I like drink that. Me, uh huh. Just like Alice in Wonderland, it says "Drink Me," but it has like a little crystalline moon. Nice. Yeah, but the <laughs> fuck lemons and bale. I was like, for some reason, like I think of Iris when I'm <laughs> fuck lemons. Don't make lemonade. Just whatever. Just leave. I'm out. Bye. (laughs) Peace. (laughs) That's great. I love it, though. And to jump right in, that kind of ties into one of the things I was thinking about today, and there's a few, is that I think a lot of people, actually, I know a lot of people have this idea that it's supposed to be excruciating, this health and fitness stuff, you know? And I take great issue with that. (laughs) Same. Same. Well, because here's the deal. Like if you have a goal, you have to put some effort in, period. Point blank, no matter what, there's going to have to be some effort. You're probably going to have to get out of your comfort zone a little bit. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that you have to be killing yourself to do all this stuff. And that's part of why we're here. But that's just one of the things. That's a, a mentality that I invite people to challenge if they notice that coming up for them. Where, you know, things are moving and shaking, they're doing the stuff, and it's maybe taking longer than they want to, and they start feeling like it just, it can't be, like, plodding along. Like, it has to be, like, a grind, like a a painful thing, and that's just not, you don't have to suffer to reach your health and fitness goals. Like, effort, yes. Reality checks, yes. But it doesn't have to be super pain. (laughs) Exactly. And I think, too, like, If you're killing yourself over your goals, you're doing it wrong. Let's be more efficient with our time and our energy. That's kind of what I think. Like if you're sitting there and you're staying up and you're watching, you know, you're binge watching Grey's Anatomy. I'm not talking about myself (laughs) or anything. (laughs) 
But if you're staying up and you're like binge watching a TV show or you're not actually thinking about your goals and you think that you can stay up and binge watch a TV show and then wake up and hit the gym first thing in the morning without getting adequate rest and you think that that's killing yourself over, you know, the constant, like I have to grind, grind, grind when you could very simply just make a decision to go to bed simpler or simpler earlier. That's what I meant to say. This tea that I'm drinking is decaf. Oh, there's your Why? problem. Because I've had three cups of coffee and my brain is still malfunctioning. Oh. My brain still isn't braining. But no, like if you are bending over backwards, you're grinding it out every single day as hard as you can. There's a more efficient way to burn make it out. work for you. Recipe for burnout. You're going to burn out. And if you burn out, then you're going to want to give up. And some some people do. Mm-hmm. And they give up. And then people fall into this cycle of restarting, going too hard, burning out, and then restarting. It doesn't have to be like that. You can focus on one small habit at a time. Mm-hmm. One small fucking habit. Go on a 15-minute walk. That's it. Or just hit a step goal. Don't even go on a walk. Just hit a step goal. Mm -hmm. By the end of the day. Yeah. Exactly. You don't need to overhaul your nutrition. You don't need to overhaul your fitness. You don't need to do any of that shit. You just need to make one small change because the one small change you make that's daily, that small daily change is going to add up Mm -hmm. over the course of time. It has not taken Iris or myself. It hasn't taken us three months to get where we are today. Like, and I think that's another problem is these 12 week challenges or these, Mm -hmm. you know, six week challenges. It is going to take a lot fucking longer than that. That's, it's going to take months. It's going to be six months before you start to develop and really solidify these habits to where they don't feel like a change anymore, to where it is a part of your routine. I mean, I didn't just start food prepping and just Mm -hmm. like it was easy for me. Like, that's, I think it's, very unrealistic. And I think that's really what it boils down to is people bend over backwards and kill themselves in the gym because they're trying to live up to unrealistic expectations and they have no boundaries with themselves. Wow. That was a rant. I needed to get that (laughs) off my chest. I love it though. (laughs) I love it. I totally agree. One of the things that I've been saying, so while we're recording this, it is the holiday season of 2022. Podcast magic means that sometimes things are recorded ahead of time and then released later. But one of the things I've been saying this holiday season, and it's applicable to, you know, vacation time, summer vacation, whatever, anytime things are not the norm, check your white knuckling. That's one thing that I've been saying to people. Yeah, like holding on to your rigid routine. There's a difference between consistency and rigidity. Holding on to that so hard that you can't just live and enjoy your life. And there's a time for both, right? There's a time to be dialed in, on point, weighing, tracking, measuring, all the things that are going to get you to a very specific goal. And then there's another time, like the holidays, like a vacation, where you can loosen up a little bit. And that doesn't mean that everything has to go out the window. I think there's a misconception that people have that when they are like out of the norm, trying to enjoy themselves, having a fun time, whatever, that all of their goal-oriented health habits have to just go out the window. And I, I also take great issue with that because that is what puts people in the position where two months later, they're like, what the hell happened to me? <laughs> yeah, new year, new me because I yeah. fucked up. And that creates so much anxiety around the holidays, like mm-hmm. such unwarranted and unnecessary anxiety because people don't know 
number one, how to be realistic. And people also don't always grasp the concept of it's just a fucking pretzel covered in peppermint. I'm sorry. But like, I (laughs) I literally heard this the other day when I was at Trader Joe's grocery shopping and someone's like, oh, the candy cane JoJo's like, I'm going to be so naughty and eat these. Like, it's the same thing as a regular JoJo, which are like, uh, if you don't know what those are, they're like Oreos. They're kind of like the Trader Joe's brand Oreos. It's literally just an Oreo with peppermint. So it's it's also right around this time, like people just don't have those realistic expectations. They also allow themselves to go completely off the rails and they say, well, I had this, so I might as well have this. Yeah. There's that all or nothing mentality creeping back exactly. in and bite you in the ass in two months. Yeah. When in reality, it's only maybe a handful of meals. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, so in the midst of holiday season, right, I think Hanukkah starts on the 18th this year. Mm -hmm, Now, I I don't know a whole lot about the festivities there, but I know there are some like specific food, special treats, Thanksgiving, Christmas Eve, Christmas, New Year's Eve, maybe New Year's Day. That's what? Two weeks? About a handful of days? That doesn't mean that every meal for every day has to be off the rails. No, not at all. And if it is, then you're not, your priorities are somewhere else. Yeah. And then think about like going on vacation. Maybe you're at an all-inclusive, maybe you're at a hotel. That doesn't mean that every meal every day has to be off the rails. You know, there has to be acknowledgement that there is a middle ground everywhere, right? So I'm at an all-inclusive resort. Okay. I'm sure they have vegetables and fruit. I'm sure they have protein at every meal or some that I can choose. I can make sure that things are a little more in line to what I actually want because people who, you know, have goals, in the end, they want those goals. So you have to keep your actions somewhat in line, you know? There's a um, study, I can't recall who did it now, but the thing that all successful dieters have in common, meaning people who have lost weight and kept it off, is that they all have some form of self-monitoring. They all have some form of keeping themselves accountable to themselves to what they say they want, right? Which is the maintained weight loss. So whatever that means for you, you know, bright lines is not something we've talked about a whole lot on this podcast yet, but the idea that setting some boundaries for yourself, I'll stop at one alcoholic beverage, I will have protein and a plant on every plate. I will drink a big glass of water 10 minutes before every meal. Just little things like that, that you hold yourself to them. You know, again, going back to this idea that just because things are up in the air, you've got house guests, you've got all these events, that doesn't mean that everything has to be a free for all. Most definitely. And I actually know who said that. Who? (laughs) It was Dr. Lane Norton. Ah, BioLane. Love him. Lane, BioLane. If you're not following him, you should. Yes. But Lane Norton said that. And it's in his book, Fat Loss Forever, mm-hmm. which my friend Peter helped him write. Shout out, nice. Peter, if you're listening. <laughs> he doesn't listen to podcasts, so he's probably not listening. But <laughs> we still have the eighth degree of claim to fame, though. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, just a smidge. But <laughs> one of the things that's so interesting is he doesn't only talk about self-monitoring, but he also talks about cognitive restraint. So Mm -hmm. that kind of could tie into like the one alcoholic beverage. If you go, like I personally, I don't drink. So I can't attest to this. But he'll say something like, if you want to go out, 
you're going to have to have some form of cognitive restraint, whether that's getting a drink and then having a seltzer water with lime in between or a diet soda um, in between, or whether it's you go out to dinner with your family and you don't order an appetizer, Mm -hmm. you restrain yourself. Now, restraint is different than restriction. Restriction is saying, I can't ever have that. Restraint is I can have that, but I'm choosing not to because I want to have this or that's not going to help align with my goals today. Not ever, but for today. So I think that that's really important to know is that if you're coming from a mindset where you have unrealistic expectations to where every time the holidays are over, you're going off of the rails and then January comes and it's like, oh, I fucked up. Like, stop fucking up then. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, might be hard to hear, but I mean, for real. Yeah. And I mean, people are so focused between what happens between Halloween and New Year's when they really need to be focused on January through fucking October. Mm -hmm. Those three to four months that you're worried about, you need to be focused on the other times of the year so you can enjoy that time of the year. You need to develop habits in the months where there aren't as many holidays. Develop those habits develop a better relationship with food, develop a healthy relationship with exercise, learn how to track your calories and protein and fiber, learn these things, you know, if that's what you want to do, you know, that's not the only method. And I'm, I know that people get, you know, well, tracking calories isn't the only way I understand that, but a calorie deficit's what's going to help you lose body fat. So if you track, make sure that you're doing it consistently and accurately the other times of the year, because I think of tracking as a tool. You're going to know what a serving size looks like. So when you sit down at, at, not that I ever want people tracking on Thanksgiving, if any of my clients are listening, if you track during Thanksgiving, we're going to have some words. We're going to show up Um, at your door and smack you in the face (laughs) (laughs) with love, but but still. You're going to be able to eyeball that food and say, that's roughly four ounces. Or you're going to stop eating when you're fucking full. You're not going to stuff yourself to where you're having to unbutton your pants or adjust your elastic waistband. Like... Those are things to really consider is building those habits one small step at a time before Mm -hmm. you're able to get out of control, demonstrating self-monitoring, demonstrating cognitive restraint and allowing all foods to fit into your nutrition. That's going to be helpful. I am just on a soapbox roll today. My goodness. I am loving it though. I'm loving it. And this is applicable to any time of the year, right? Like I mentioned holidays, I mentioned vacations, whatever. I mean, this is all building us up to a place where we don't have to use that tool of tracking, right? I mean, I don't think anybody should be tracking their calories, weighing and measuring every little thing all the time, their whole life. I think I think very few people can do that and have it be okay. I think a lot of people, they get to a point where like, it's okay. You just need to trust yourself that you've been practicing and learning these things and step away from it. And then if you want to, you know, come back to it for a little bit as a refresher. But yeah, I mean, I don't, like you said, exactly. It's a tool that can be used. Yeah. I mean, the only people that should be doing that is people that are bodybuilding, those like pro bodybuilders, you know, those are really the only people that could use tracking calories as a lifestyle. I would never expect- Which is an extreme sport, by the way. I don't think people understand that. It absolutely- It takes an extreme amount of consistency and awareness and meticulous work. It's an extreme sport. And people look at 
another tangent coming on here for just a quick second, but people look at these people who are may or may not be on steroids, may or may not be extremely disordered in their approach, may or may not be dealing with constant injuries because of how much they work out, may or may not even be like have won the genetic lottery to look a certain way. These people who may just be the quote unquote genetic elite. People are comparing themselves to these people, you know, bikini competitors, figure competitors, bodybuilders, even the guys, you know, and they don't realize that these people are participating in an extreme sport that takes an extreme amount of discomfort, an extreme amount of dedication, time, consistency, and sometimes pain. And that's not for everybody. And I think it's important to acknowledge that and then accept that, you know, that's not the lifestyle I want. So that's not the results that I'm necessarily going to get. 100%. It is realistic for some people, people that Mm -hmm. compete in that extreme sport, IFBB pros, things like that. You know, I have several really good friends who are bodybuilders professionally. I have several good friends and it works for them, but they also, they have coaches that are knowledgeable and that help them when they need it. So they have a way to where they are not eating on just a meal plan. They are, you know, they're tracking, they're doing that, but they will communicate what their needs are. Hey, I need a diet break. I need to take one week off. You know, it's, it's very, very difficult to do. So no, tracking is not like a lifestyle. And if you are using tracking just as a tool to lose weight, you're selling yourself short. You should be using tracking, not only as a tool to lose weight or gain weight or maintain your weight, but also to learn. It's to educate yourself on what a serving size looks like. It's to educate yourself on how much protein, fiber are in certain foods. You know, and if you want to learn about carbs and fats, like by all means, go ahead. But the only three things that really need to be in check are your calories, your protein, and your fiber. And I say fiber because fiber is so important for your health and your digestive system and your immune system. So those are really the three things that matter. If you are working with a coach and you're only tracking calories and you're not discussing mindfulness and you're not discussing other habits around food or your your relationship with food, then there's an issue there. That's not lifestyle practice. That's a short term. I want this. That's not a lifestyle practice. Exactly. And for my clients personally, like if I am working with someone and, and granted, I will say this on the defense of coaches everywhere. If you only work with the coach for like a minimum of three months, you're not going to fucking learn how to do that. Like you're not, you're not going to learn that. I mean, a good coach can, can teach you the best that they can, but this takes a long fucking time to nail down. It takes a long time to nail down. So, and a lot of us are unpacking years and years and decades of bullshit, you know, a lifetime of patterns. That's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen in 12 weeks. No, it's not. And, And people really do need to get real about that because it takes years. I mean, I mean, some people have food issues that go back to when they were children, like five, six years old. And if you think that 12 weeks of working with a coach is going to unravel decades of, of, of these behaviors and patterns, like you're, I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) That's so unrealistic. It's, it's unfathomable. Agreed. And I do think we do have these light bulb moments that sometimes, you know, in a 12 week thing or whatever, depending on the 12 week thing, there's some real crappers out there, but You can have these light bulb moments that are like, oh, yeah, click. That makes sense. And then like the mental 
shift happens, right? You can have yep. those moments, but in practical application, it's just practice. It all comes back to practice, repetition, giving yourself grace, having compassion, and getting real with yourself. I think I think that's really what it boils down to. Oh, most definitely. And not only that, but it's also just about being honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to be honest with yourself. That's, and that's, that's hard. the hardest part. Yeah. That's the hardest part. And there's a difference between honesty and berating yourself. Like a lot of people think that they're holding themselves accountable or being honest when they're sitting there looking in the mirror saying, oh, I'm the, like, I'm, I'm this, or I don't like this about myself. Like compassion is the only way to combat that. Mm-hmm. Having compassion for yourself, like being honest and saying, you know what? Like I should not have had that third piece of cheesecake last night. One was enough for me. And I, next time I'm going to do better. Yeah. That's all you fucking need. That's yeah. all you, you don't need a home with that piece of cheesecake, three pieces of cheesecake. First of all, cheesecake's fucking good. I yeah. will eat a whole cheesecake. No one would blame okay? you. I don't think. <laughs> with zero shame, by the way, zero. <laughs> you, you give me a New York and baby, we're, we're a happy camper. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But really, I mean, it's, it really boils down to being like compassionate and and knowing that it's a journey, knowing that it's not going to happen in 12 weeks, knowing that the habits that I, like for me personally, that I have been forming, like I have a long negative relationship with food, long history mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, same. And now my relationship with food is the best it's ever been. Like I fucking love food. And one of the things that has been so helpful is having that compassion for myself and that honesty and being positive myself, having that positive outlook, but also knowing and giving myself time to develop those habits. I mean, I, I wasn't like, you know what? I'm going to have a better relationship with food starting today. Starting like, today. <laughs> no problems from like, here on out. <laughs> I mean, that did happen. That did happen, but it also took that, like you mentioned, practice. It took practice, that continual yeah. practice of, you know what? I may have overdid it today, get back on track for my next meal. And tomorrow I'm going to have a little bit more specific goals. And that's what that looks like. It has taken me personally, I want to say, shoot, eight years, nine years. I mean, no, Mike, oh my gosh, my son will be 10 in March. So nine years, nine years. Yeah. So 12 weeks compared to nine years. That's really what <laughs> what I'm comparing that to. And everybody's yeah. a little bit different. It's not going to take everybody nine years, but it could be right, sooner yeah. than that. But you know, just for my own person, or just for the sake of the argument, that's really what our debate, discussion, discussion. We're not arguing, we're discussing. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been in an argument with somebody and you're like, wait a second, we're actually saying the same thing. We're just both mad for some reason. <laughs> uh, my fiance. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, wait a second. We actually agree. Why are we upset right now? <laughs> like, wait a minute. Oops. Ooh, sorry. <laughs> I just wasn't. We're, we're saying to the you. same thing, just in different ways. What? Yeah, yeah. My I bad. totally agree, though. I mean, I, <laughs> I've been. I mean, hardcore on this path, journey, lifestyle, whatever you want to call it, for like what four years now, where I've really let go of a lot of shit in the area of like relationship with food, relationship with exercise, body image, relationship with myself. Like I said earlier, you can have those aha moments that click and then the patterns are still there that require addressing, you know, and that's, I mean, it just, it takes practice and it takes checking yourself. And like you said, 
not in a self-bullying way, you know, not like a, hey, dipshit, this is not what you exactly. want to do. It's, I mean, I talk to myself like that sometimes, but you know, it's a personal thing. Like I know that I'm not bullying myself when I do that. I'm like, look, bitch. It, it's know? more like in a goofy way. Like, yeah, like exactly. hey, dipshit. Yeah, yeah. Like I do the same thing. <laughs> I do the same thing. Or I call myself a doofus. Yeah. I love that you use that word. We are for sure potato <laughs> sisters because I say, I called something, I think I called my toaster a dipshit the other day. <laughs> and Nick was like, what did you, <laughs> what insult did you just hurl with the toaster? I said, dipshit. He goes, oh, honey. And he just shakes his head. I'm like, I know. I know. You chose to marry me though, bro. <laughs> sorry. I'm yeah. sorry, not sorry. <laughs> Yeah, but it's like like a knowing yourself kind of thing, you know? Like calling yeah. myself a dipshit makes me giggle. So I yeah. don't care. Like that's And not you would a never thing. do it in like a degrading way towards yourself or like a right. yeah, you know, like you 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 say it as a joke, but like the way that like I personally talk to myself when I know I need to get it together is like, hey, listen. Um and I will literally do this in the car. Like when I'm mm-hmm. driving, I will literally because it looks like I'm talking on the phone, so it's really funny. But I will literally be like, "Listen, you need to get your shit together." I mean, you, it just takes one more meal to get back on track or, Hey, you missed two days in a row at the gym. We got to get in there and we got to do it, even though it's going to fucking suck. Like I will literally coach myself. Yeah. (laughs) Into self-monitoring, self-coaching, self-accountability. That's, that's what it is. And it takes practice and honesty to get there, but exactly. That's really where the gold is. Yeah. And I would never be like, Brooke, you're such a dipshit. Like you missed two days in a row. I would never do that. Like, because I would never speak to a client that way. No. Ever. I would never speak to my son that way. I wouldn't speak to my fiance or my best friend. And that's what you want to think of when you were talking to yourself. You want to think of you're talking to a loved one. You would never berate and call, you know, your brother, your sister, your husband, your wife. You would never sit there, you know, your your partner. You would never sit there and say, you're being a fat slob and you need to get your shit together. You would never fucking say that. So don't say it to yourself. Yeah. Nobody likes a bully. No. And you got to spend more time with yourself than anybody else has to spend time with you. So- don't be a dick. Facts. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't be a Richard. Well, we had our share of soapboxes for that one, but I I have no regrets. <laughs> I don't either. I feel like I don't know why I was so spicy today, but Well, I mean, I, sometimes when you're fired up about something, you just have to get it out and it will somebody will need to hear it because it's I mean, it's all stuff that we needed to hear at some point, right? And I think it's because that's the shit that I recently had to hear from my coach, who was me. <laughs> I am my coach. And I had to literally have these conversations. <laughs> but even with like a couple of like my clients of like, hey, we need to be nice to ourselves. Like yeah. one of my favorite things that my my really good friend Miranda says is like if she ever hears anybody talking negatively about themselves, she'll look at them like, don't talk to my friend like that. And it's the best. I love that, I've though. started to use that too. So we may have been on our little soapboxes today, but I think it was necessary and warranted. And I think it is something that more people need to hear in a way that's a little spicier because I do think that sometimes, myself included, coaches can coddle their clients. And that's yeah. not always that that's not always helpful. There's a tactful way to be upfront. Yeah. You can be compassionate and you know, here's the deal. Let's go. 
Because we also understand, you know, if this is stinging any of you, we understand because we've been there. Oh, 100%. If any of my clients are listening, I'm raising my eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for hanging, guys. We will talk to you soon. Bye. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Tater Talks, two bitches talk fitness. If you enjoyed the show, let us know by writing a review, subscribing wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find me, Iris, on Instagram at Iris Deadlifts. And you can find me, Brooke, on Instagram at Get You a Brooke. We'll talk to you soon. Nice. Nice. <laughs>